So I really, today I'm not continuing in Matthew because we're focusing specifically on Harvest Festival. Um, and so I'm really looking at today why we celebrate Harvest Festival. Many people will think, well, it's a ritual that we still do that was celebrated when farming was more, more widely spread. Um, and in the UK, we're a fairly affluent society, so we kind of ignore it a bit. You know, this happens once a year, churches celebrate it. But what is the value of celebrating Harvest Festival? Well, let me go back a little bit and share some statistics with you. These are from the Office of National Statistics. They record that four out of ten adults find mortgage and rent payments difficult. Uh, private rents have gone up in the last year by 5.5%, and obviously before then, they also went up, and the year before, they also went up. Buying our daily food is now costing a lot more. Anybody find their grocery bills gone up? Ours certainly has. Uh, especially if you want proper Coke and not the zero stuff. Dear me, that's expensive with a sugar tax. Buying our daily food, it costs 14% more than it did last year. And last year it had gone up. Food prices in March were the highest that they have been in 45 years. That's a long time. So if we, we look, and there's been a more detailed study that they did earlier this year, and it found that 5% of adults in the UK had run out of food in the past two weeks and couldn't afford to buy more. Now, I'm not saying all of this to depress you, but I'm highlighting that we are living in a world at the moment where just existing is harder. Yeah, it takes more. You know, there's less income left, it takes more. Now, we're not the only generation to experience this, but we have had a, quite a few decades of plenty. And that is slowly changing. And there is a reason why Harvest Festival is important. Because what we're doing is we're recognizing that our provision is not from man, but our provision comes from God. The most important thing out of Harvest Festival is for us to recognize that God is a God of provision. And we find that all the way back in the book of Genesis in 22 verse 14. It says this, so Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. We know that name as Jehovah Jireh. God is our provider. We used to sing that song, didn't we? Jehovah Jireh. You remember that one? <coughs> Deuteronomy 11.14 says, Then he will send the rains in their proper seasons, the early and the late rains, so you can bring in your harvests of grain, new wine, and olive oil. God has always been our provider. The good news is he makes the sun shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. He is a God of provision. Even back in Genesis 1, where we have the very beginning of the world, we find it says this. Then God said, Let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant, and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. 
And that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. Every time you walk past a fruit tree, every time you see something growing in allotment, you can say to yourself that God created the ability for this to happen, and it is good. And then further down in Genesis 1 from verse 29, it says, Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given you every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life, and that is what has happened. And what we're celebrating here is that at least once a year we want to recognize that all of our provision comes from God. He provides us. And in Exodus we're told, uh, celebrate the festival of harvest when you bring me the first crops of your harvest. Finally, celebrate the festival of the final harvest at the end of the harvest season when you have harvested all of your crops from your fields. Now you might think, well, Simon, I don't have anything that I'm planting. I don't have anything that I'm harvesting. But let me tell you, the harvest festival and harvesting extends to all of our income. It's God's provision. Whether you're a farmer and you go out and you pull up all the potatoes or carrots or whatever that you're harvesting, or whether you go to work and at the end of the week or the month you get a pay packet, all of that is a recognition that God is providing for us. And we celebrate by giving back to God because he has been generous to us. Now, this can be a challenge because usually when we struggle to make ends meet, we kind of think, well, the first thing we'll stop is we'll stop tithing in church. Let me say while I'm saying this, I believe every believer should be a tither and that is giving 10%. I've done that ever since I've become a believer. And I've done that in good times and in hard times and I can tell you that God has been faithful in all of the dealings that I've had with all of the provision that I have needed. And the reason in this scripture it says that we are to give our first fruits. What does that mean? Well, it means that what would happen is the farmer would go and from his very first crop, he would take the tithe or whatever it was and he would give that to God. It was a recognition that we give God the best, we give God first before we give to anybody else. Sadly, Often we don't do that. And there is a challenge for us. God is our provider. Let me tell you, God's provision is so good that he has an endless supply that he can give you. And if you give to him, he will continue to supply your need. Now that doesn't mean this is a mathematical investment formula. You know, my kids don't look and say, hey, you know, my dad, if I, I work out, he gives us this and that and the other. It, it's not a principle in terms of this is how I can get stuff. It is a thanksgiving where we're saying, God is so generous to me. God is the one who provides for all that I need. And what we do is we give God the first. We give God 10% of all that he gives us 
whether it's difficult or not. I've had times in my life where giving God 10% has meant I've had practically nothing left. But you know what? God has provided for what I have needed. And what we're saying is that this principle of harvest festival, of tithing, is something that honors God for his provision to us. It is a recognition. You know, when the farmers used to do it and bring their stuff in, you know, you would have this amazing picture, as we've got here this morning, of how good God is in providing for each one of us. And I want to say to you, the good news here is that God is a generous provider. You know, we, we see these really sad um, images and videos in our news and, and across the world of people who were starving people who don't have enough and the tragedy is that is not because there isn't enough food in the world but it's because countries like ours we have too much isn't it crazy that in the same world somebody can die of starvation and the other person dies of heart disease because actually they've been eating too much and so it isn't that God is not a provider, it's the fact that God has said, here I've given you an abundance, but what I want is I want you to make sure that everybody has sufficient because I am a generous God. And God's supply is limitless. He supplies in times of hardship, I've seen God do that through miracles. If you read through the Gospels, if you read through the church history, you will see that God has provided things in very miraculous ways. One of my favorite miracles in the Bible is when Peter had to pay the temple tax. It was a, a two drachma coin. And Jesus said to him, go and fish. And the first fish you catch, open its mouth and there'll be a coin in its mouth. Wow. You know, God can do that. And today, God can still do that. He can miraculously provide for you as you trust in him. God is amazing in his provision to us. It gives us hope. It means no matter whether we face an economical downturn, that God's supply will still be constant. It will still be there for us. We do not need to worry. We need to have faith. We need to trust in God, but we look at his provision. Let me give you an example. God provided for over a million people in a desert for 40 years. I mean, over a million people in a desert for 40 years. Can, we ma I mean, can you imagine if you tried to organize that yourself? God did it, and he did it in an amazing way. The stuff just appeared on the ground in the morning or he made the quail come in or water out of a rock. So it doesn't matter what your situation is, your trust in God will always be rewarded. In giving to God, we recognize his giving. Our giving releases God's giving. And the scripture says that our plenty is to provide for others who are in need so that when we're in need, their plenty will supply our need. Tithing, giving to God is a simple recognition. <coughs> if we don't do that, we're essentially saying, this is what I earn, it's all mine. 
But when we give to God, we're saying, actually, this is what God has given me. And from that, I am giving a portion back. I love the fact that God is so amazing in his giving. One of the most challenging uh, stories in the New Testament, it's in most of the Gospels, but I'm reading from Mark 12, and you'll recognize this one. It says this, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple. Just imagine for a moment that we had a collection box and, and Jesus decided to sit there as we all came and gave our stuff to God. Well, wow, that'd be scary, wouldn't it? Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part out of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Now, what I want you to notice here is she didn't just give what she could afford, she gave what she couldn't afford. Jesus commended her for giving everything she had to live on. Now, if I said that to you, that's what you should do, you'd all call me crazy. And yet the good news is, I'm not saying this to you, Jesus is. He's saying, I commend her because she gave all she had. Now, does that mean we should be taking everything we have, selling it and giving it? If God tells you to, yes. The rich young ruler, God said to him, sell all your possessions, give it to the poor, come follow me. But what it does mean, that when it comes to giving God out of our tithe, that we give even when it hurts. And what we'll find is the God of provision will make sure you have sufficient for all that you need. Now, she obviously had an amazing faith. She obviously knew if I put this in, God will meet my need. She had the testimony. You know, the amazing testimony of Abraham going to sacrifice Isaac, but God providing the ram stuck in the thicket. God provided provision out of nothing. We see God doing it again and again. He is a God of provision, but he looks for a people of faith, a people of trust, a people who will say, you know, I'm going to honour God with what I receive. Because in the end, it's not ours. We're told in uh, Ecclesiastes, no, actually Proverbs, um, we're told, no, not Proverbs, get my, my Bible, it's the book of Job. Naked we come into the earth and naked we go. We don't take anything. I mean, it's phenomenal, isn't it? Hey, young people, yeah, we don't even take this. <laughs> Just think about this. You don't take your mobile phone. You don't take your notebooks or your books or you don't take your record collection. You don't take the clothes you're wearing. It all remains here. And so actually... Those things are not important. They're not, they don't have the importance to God that, they, that we kind of make them to be. They are important in terms of our need, but I'll get onto that in a moment. But the thing I'm saying to you this morning is that God has provided what you have. We live in a blessed nation. I know it's harder now than it was, 
but we are still blessed. We have central heating and we have uh, food that we can just buy uh, uh, and eat ourselves sick, which we do as a nation. And yet God is amazing in his provision. I want to encourage you this morning. God provides for all that you need. You might think, well, I'm facing a really tough time, a really difficult time. Well, let me tell you, you trust God and you keep giving to God what you need to give, your 10%, and God will make sure it increases. You know, when we first came back from India, we had debt that we had accrued because we had to travel over and all those things. And God did some amazing miracles to provide for that. We saw within a year about £11,000 just come in as, as gifts that we hadn't even asked anybody anything for. God just did it to remove all of that stuff. He is a faithful God. And when we trust in him, when we give to him, and when we look to him to provide where we have no other means, he is always faithful in providing for us. And that should be an encouragement because I don't know what the future holds, but some of my reading of Revelation, if that is for today and if that is for the near future, it means financially and, and other ways things are going to get more difficult. And so if we have a principle of trusting God when there's plenty, we will have no problem in trusting him when it's hard. Let me finish with an encouragement from Matthew 6. I love this. So I'm saying that all our possessions and stuff are not the most important things. But let me tell you, but God understands that we need them. And this is what it says. This is Jesus. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? The answer to that is no, it can't. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, will he not certainly care for you? Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring with it its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. What an encouragement. God cares for you and he will provide for you. Let's pray.